Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. We thank God for everybody that has uh, tuned in uh, this evening. Amen. We uh, got another chance to look into the perfect law of liberty and see what thus says the word of God. Amen. Uh, we honor our pastor, uh, Pastor Elizabeth Morrison, Bethel Church, Lincolnville, Kentucky. Amen. Everybody that's in their respective places, wherever you are respectively tonight. And now we're going to continue our uh, <clears throat> lesson in our series, uh, Working for Christ series. And tonight we're going to look at the topic of uh, living with wisdom, spiritual qualifications. Living with wisdom, our spiritual qualifications. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that leads us to God in the truth. Holy Father, we ask tonight that you help us understand your word. Holy Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you look upon us. Help us to be more than heroes of your word. Help us to be more than just speakers of your word. But Holy Father, we want your word to come through our words. We want your voice to be heard through my voice. Holy Father, that you may be glorified. Let me decrease and you increase. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Living with wisdom. <clears throat> Our lesson text is going to come from Acts chapter 6, verse 3. Acts chapter 6, verse 3. Reading from the New American Standard Bible reads like this. Therefore, brethren, select from among you Seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. Select seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom. Amen. These are the uh, at least Three of the qualifications we need to be able to effectively work for Christ. Oh, the Lord gives us plenty more, but this will be a good basis, a good starting point, a good foundation. And without these three, then we might as well go back to the drawing board. I want to start with the story. There was a king, and he was a wise old king. He had a lot of wisdom. And in his kingdom lived two prostitutes. And these two prostitutes lived together. They lived in the same house. And by happen chance, they were both pregnant at the same time. So they were living there, both of them pregnant. And they both gave birth pretty much around about the same time. But one of the prostitutes in the middle of the night turned over and slept on top of her baby, which suffocated and killed the baby. Actually, this happened. So, in the middle of the night, one of the prostitutes switched out babies from the other prostitute. Uh, uh, they had her living uh, baby laying next to her. So she switched it and switched the living baby for the dead baby. So when the 
mother of the living baby woke up she tried to nurse her her child but the child was dead and, and she seen that the child was dead so she began to go you know she become hysterical that her child was dead and so she began to look intently at the child and to check the child out uh, and she noticed that wasn't her baby a mother knows her child and she knew that was not her baby so so she knew right then that there was some foul things at play and she knew that the other prostitute had stolen her baby so they went to this wise king and they relayed the story to the king and and, and like you, like I said, in front of the king, they both were saying that the baby was there. The baby was there. How was the king to know? Which which woman is telling the truth that this is really uh, uh, her child? So this wise king told the guard, okay, bring me a sword. We'll cut the baby in half. Since y'all can't decide, you get half of the baby and you get half of the dead baby. So then the mother screamed out, oh no, oh no, oh no. She said, no need to hurt the child. Let the woman, she can have the child. Then the king said, that's the mother right there. Huh? Now that was wisdom. And that was and is a true story. And you can find that story in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 23 through 28. And we're talking about King Solomon. You know, now that that takes godly wisdom to be able to, to do something like that and make that decision. And that's what we want to focus on tonight. We don't want wisdom of words. We don't want wisdom of speech. We want God's wisdom to come upon us and help us to know how to be true servants and true workers for Him. And not just to be displaying uh, what we know or what we think we want to work for him now the Greek word for wisdom is Sophia the Greek word for wisdom is Sophia this is this is a discernment of God's word and understanding with the ability to apply it to life's circumstances the ability is you can apply it it takes wisdom from God to be able to guide a godly home and raise godly children. It would definitely take wisdom to know how to effectively deal with God's people. It takes wisdom for that, and we can't do it on our own. We don't have it in us. You know why we don't have it in us? Because wisdom is an attribute from God. It's one of his characteristics. It's it's a, a part of himself. So unless he gives us wisdom, we'll, ne- we'll never uh, uh, get it. We can get it. We can read books and get knowledge and get uh, a lot of head knowledge, but we, won't, we don't have wisdom unless God gives it to you. Have you ever seen some of the people that think they're so wise, and yet they fools? Think they know so much and don't know that they are ignoramus. You know what the Bible said. But we want to be like Jesus and like God. Proverbs 1 and verse 20 says, Wisdom crieth without. 
she she look she utters her voice in the street look and then when the when the scripture is giving given human characteristics or 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 this is the personification of wisdom the scripture has pretty much given her a personality and look what it says she utters her voice in the streets as if she has a mouth and if she has a voice and if she has a vocal cords it, you know this personification of this word wisdom it, 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 it you know it's the the human characteristics given to her they're called anthropomorphic uh, characteristics just like they're anthos you know, uh, uh, like a human, so they can speak, but they can't. It's just words. But the writer wants us to see and feel what 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 he said about wisdom, because we're not communicating unless our listeners are feeling the same emotions that we're speaking. Then then we're communicating. When we communicate God's words in the workers for Christ, when we tell others about God, we won't people to feel it with their hearts. We want we want it to go deeper than their ears. And it takes wisdom. It takes the personification of wisdom to do that. That's why it says she utters her voice. She cries in the street. This is not making God out of no funny buddy. Uh, he's, a, he's a man. His gender is male. But it just personifies what the writer is trying to tell us. You know, it's like someone that's standing out in the street. They want everybody to know, come over here, come. You know, we got this, we got, it's free. Hey, salvation is free. Word of God is free. Come over here and get wisdom. But there's so many people in the highways and byways going to the east, going to the west, going to the north, that just... Can you picture it in your, in, your, in your mind's eye? Wisdom standing there saying, come over here. You know, uh, uh, salvation is free. Come over here, the table is spread. And people just walking on by, blowing off. Huh? It's like the song that Pilot Bell used to say. Open up your heart and let me in. Open up your heart and let me in. That's what wisdom is saying. Open up your heart. Let me in. Let me come in. Let me give you what you need to live this life. Then he says, Proverbs 4 and 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the most important thing in all of life. Wisdom is the principal thing. And it says, therefore, get wisdom and with thy getting, get understanding. Now what you're saying is that wisdom and understanding are not the same thing. Now wisdom is attribute. Wisdom comes from God, which is the ability to use the knowledge God gives us in everyday life situations and wisely do it. Now but understanding, the Westminster uh, Theological Workbook of the Bible said that understanding is insight. If we have understanding, you have insight. Huh? It allows you to see beneath the surface 
human behavior. Uh, that's insight. No, you don't. You ain't got no chicken foot. You ain't got. Or when something just ain't right. Huh? Because you got insight. With all, therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Living with wisdom. This, this is what we need. Now, looking at our text. Acts 6 and 3, let's, let's take a, unpack this uh, verse. Now, most of the time, people will say, well, that's, that's the verse for, uh, a, for deacons. It can be, it is used for deacons, for, for the first deacons, if you will. But that's not the only thing it's used for. Uh, this verse is also the blueprint, if you will, for any type of spiritual leadership or spiritual workers or those that will work for God. We all need this on a, 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 at every level of our spiritual walk. We need these three qualifications at least to say that we are spiritually minded. I don't know how everybody said, well, okay, you need to be spiritually minded. And so this is how to be spiritually minded. This is putting uh, shoe leather on, on the words we speak. That, that, uh, we, it's not just talking, unless how do we do it? And the first thing, he's a pick the men that have a good reputation, on the, a good reputation. Or in other words, pick those that are honest. And this also can mean women too, not just specific to men can also mean women pick those that has a good reputation or that are honest we need honesty we need a good reputation to be able to serve God's people because I'm telling you from the start if we don't have a good reputation among the, the saints or among, among our uh, community, among our co-workers, we're not going to be able to effectively witness for Christ. Who's going to listen to us if if we're doing the same thing the world is doing? we hanging out with them on the weekend, and then we'll come back and go to witness to them. Man, what can you tell me? You're doing the same thing I'm doing. You're no different. So that's why we need a good reputation. How can we be workers for Christ if we sleep with Bob's wife, laying around with Jeff with Jeffrey's uh, 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 wife, huh? And laying around with Lisa's husband, Tina's husband. How can we say we're gonna we we don't have a good reputation? And neither are we honest. Yeah, but some of these things we lay aside these things when we say we're gonna work for Christ. You know, let us take that one pile of bell song that used to say back in the day. And if you don't stop messing, if you keep it up, I'm gonna give you up. Messing, messing with my mind. That's what we gotta tell the devil. Hey, you done mess with my mind. You keep that up, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you up. We gotta give. We gotta give up these these ways we used to do. These things we used to do. These people we used to do. If we're going to be workers for Christ, 
First Timothy six and ten says, "But look, look at it. We've seen this before, but we're gonna go look at it again because it has to do with uh, the church funds. Because oftentimes we are called into contact with church funds. So having a good reputation is very vital. Very vital. First Timothy six and ten says, "Look." For the love of money is a root. Not the root, not the only one. Not the specific, it's a root. Out of all the different roots that's in out there, money is just one. It's a root of all sorts of evil. You know how a root spreads out? When it gets in the ground, it just goes everywhere. You pull up a flower and see how many roots is just there everywhere. It's a... A root of all sorts of evil, it starts with money, because people go crazy over money. And look, he said, and some, by longing for it, look, they desire for it, have wandered away. You see a sheep going away? They're wandering away, chasing after money. That money got their nose wide open. All they can, all they can see is a big house, a big, this, a big debt, a big, that nose wide open. For the Paul's right said, don't have money in your eyes. He said, in other words, it means his eyes are always thinking of money. They wandered away from the faith. Look, and pierced themselves. See? Pierced. This is all coming coming about because of the desire for money. Look. Pierced themselves with what? Many, not one, not two, not two. many griefs. All because of money. Many griefs. See? I that one song they, they used to say, they probably said, well, Elder is talking about a whole lot of songs tonight. I, well, yeah. Ha! What's that song that says? More money, more problems? Hey. Many griefs. Many griefs. Our character must must also be honest. See, our character, because doing this without God, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. So our character has to be honest. Think of your personality. Think of it as a tree that has branches. And your character is the roots of this tree. That's your character. Your character is what people cannot see. See, that's the real you. That's the real you. They can't see that. They don't see the branches and, you know, the, the flowers and beautiful leaves. But the behind closed doors, what you do, who you are, how you talk to your spouse, how you talk to your children, what you do in your house, that's your, the real you. That's the character. See, so living with wisdom helps us to form the right type of characters. So... What you see is what you get with with us. That's what we want it to be. No no facade, no taking on, no putting off, no 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 none of that. Now the definition of character the definition of character, the Greek word is image. Image. This word came to mean embosser or a step 
for making coins. You know how you emboss something with a stamp, or they use that, that, that embosser to make coins and dimes and quarters. When your image or your character is the impression you leave on people. As you talk to somebody the first time you ever, ever, ever talk to them, you're going to leave an impression on them. And if any time longer you spend with them, they're going to pick up what type of character you got. And, and, and it's hard to change people's minds once they get in their minds of who you are, who they think you are. So, so we want to make sure that we have the right character. Like church, like Winston, Winston Churchill used to say, Winston Churchill was one of the uh, prime ministers of uh, Great England during uh, the World War, and uh, he used to say character, character. He said we need character. He 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 would stress it, and he would he would pronunciate every word as hard as he could with his strong British accent. He said character. And that's what we need today. We need that same character to be the people God called us to be. Character doesn't doesn't just appear. Character does not appear without pressure. Character is displayed in the actions of an individual under pressure. Remember that stamp image? Huh? That embosser pressing down and pushing out the character. When you are in, in, uh, under pressure, that's where your character comes out. All of this is going on around you, and, 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 and this is going wrong. The washing machine done broke down. The alternator done went out in the car. The leak is, 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 is the roof is leaking. Your character's going to pop out. I don't know if you're going to cuss. I don't know if you're going to go do stuff that she ain't got no business doing. But that's what's going to happen. It's the real you. You're going to go pray. You're going to seek the Lord. You're going to pause for a righteous cause. Huh? You're going to hold on to your benches because life has gotten bumpy. Your character's coming out. Whatever it is. Under pressure. But there's a way we can build good and strong characters. One of my favorite writers, his name is Abraham Cravilla. <laughs> his books are very, uh, how would you say it there? They're very, they're very theolog- theological. They're, they're heavy books. You can't read a lot at one time make your head hurt, but uh, they're, they're good books. And, and Abraham Cravilla said that uh, the way you could create a godly character is you must first create godly habits. The same way we have created bad habits, create godly habits. Going to church, reading the word, listening to godly music, thinking of God. Godly habits. He said when you create godly habits, you create a godly disposition. See? Now, now what disposition? The disposition is is, is how you look, how you speak, how you carry yourself, huh? And, and and you create that godly disposition. And with a godly disposition, then you create a godly character. 
and from a godly character, then you go on to be like Christ. But without a good habit and without a good disposition, without a good character, we can't be Christ-like. So this thing takes work. It takes some effort. It takes the putting shoulders to the plow and pushing along. I can't, I can't do it for you, and you can't do it for me. We got to do it for ourselves. But how big is your want to? Huh? Character is, character is the inner life of a man or woman. It reflects either the traits of the sinful nature, which is influenced by the world, or the traits of the divine nature, which is being, look, it's being influenced. <laughs> the divine nature is being, because it never stops. <laughs> the divine nature is like a, a river of fresh, cool, flowing spring water out of the side of a mountain. Hey, it flows, it never stops. That's the divine nature. It is constantly being refreshed by the word of God. Can you tell? You can tell, you know, you can tell what people eat. Because especially, I know, especially in the gym or if you're around and sometimes and people start sweating, you can, when they start sweating, you can sort of, a lot of times, okay, <clears throat> excuse me, they be eating fish, garlic, and you can, you can smell it coming out of the pores. Uh, and same way spiritually. Okay. You can tell what people been eating all week when they come in on Sunday. All jacked up, looking all crazy. Yeah. Right. Hey! Building this godly character. What have you been eating on? Huh? What have you been drinking? What have your eyes been seeing? What have your ears been hearing? Because cause you don't have to say a mumbling word. The church go tell it. Finally, character is the sum total of all the negative and positive qualities in a person's life. Exemplified by one's thoughts, the values, the motivations, the attitudes, the feelings, and their actions. All of these things create your character. Psalms 1 and Psalms 15. We're not going to go there. I'm just going to leave it with you when you get a chance to read Psalms 1 and Psalms 15, the whole chapters of both. There are two perfect character sketches. I call them character sketches. The scripture don't call them, but I, I think there's a perfect character, character sketch for developing godly character. Character, it can be developed. Character can be reshaped, molded, or redefined. But the only tools that are able to do this is the Word of God and the Spirit of God. The only tool. The only tool. Obedience to God and faith in God will form in us Iron-clad character, which cannot be soon destroyed. Then we'll be able to endure life's storms with the rock-like character. But it takes work. 
It doesn't happen overnight. That's why Paul said, choose ye men that have a good reputation as honest. And the second thing we need, he said, they must be full of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I, my uh, brother-in-law, you say all the time, uh, he heard, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know where he got the story from, but he used to say it all the time, about a woman that was treated so badly. And uh, so when she finally got out of the marriage, she, and she was treated badly by a supposed to being Christian husband. So once she finally got out of that bad uh, marriage, she said, the next husband I marry, she said, I'm going to make sure the whole, he's full of the Holy Ghost, so full that it's coming out of his ears, out of his eyes. <laughs> she wanted to make sure that he was full of the Holy Ghost. That's what the writer is telling us here. He said, they must be full of the Holy Ghost. What do you mean by full? It has to be both internal and external. What's inside will flow over on the outside. That's how you fool. And, and it doesn't stop. Because if what's internal is flowing on the outside, so that means what's on the inside is getting lower, right? No. That's what it will mean logically, but no, not with the spirit. Because what's flowing out is, remember that flowing river is steady being renewed. Are you feeding it on the on the word of God? Feeding the, the scriptures of Christ, daily being renewed. The Bible says it. In your belly shall flow rivers of living water. <laughs> living water. <laughs> Not stagnant water, but water that's moving with life. Don't have time for stuff for, for bacteria and algae to grow in it because it's steady flowing. Living water. Full of the Holy Spirit, we need to be. And this is not just a figure of speech. Full of the Holy Spirit means full of the Holy Spirit. Means you are led by the Spirit. Means we are led by the Spirit. Means we are following the lead of the Spirit. Means we are listening to the Holy Spirit. How you listen to a spirit preacher by listening to his word. Verses. And Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit, they are life. So then they that are in the flesh, which is our own ability, we cannot please God. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Romans 8, 8 through 9. See? If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That's why... Uh, 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 the writer of, of Acts which was Luke that's why he said he must be filled with the spirit she must be filled with the spirit because without the spirit you're not, you're not here. Well, well I got the spirit when I was uh, with a, with a, God gives us all a measure of the spirit when we are first saved he gives us all the measure of the spirit when we are first saved whether or not we speak in tongues at that initial time of salvation, that's one thing or that's another. That's not a requirement. Because the scripture says that 
Some spoke in tongues later, some spoke in tongues at a different time. They all didn't speak in tongues at the same time that we see the Holy Spirit. Those in the in the upper room did, but all the people in the Bible didn't, as long as they get that experience. But unless we cultivate the spirit and keep on being led by the spirit and, and keep on stirring up the gift within us, we won't be led by the spirit. We won't be filled with the Spirit. So that's why we just can't stop that salvation. We got to be filled with the Spirit. And if you feel with the Spirit, you won't get upset so quickly. You won't be so cantankerous. You won't be so mean. Look like you've been sucking on a lemon all day. Huh? You have the love of Christ. Put a smile on your face. Huh? Being filled with the Spirit, sisters and brothers, I know, I know. It takes practice, but practice makes perfect. How can a man be born of the Spirit when he is old? John 3, 5 to 8. Huh? How can Nicodemus say, ain't no more hope for me, then I'm an old man. Oh, no. Jesus said, you're born of the Spirit. And then about you going back into your mother's womb, huh? He said, it's just like the wind. You can't see the wind. You can't you can't uh, grab it, but you can see the effects of the wind. It don't have nothing to do with your age. You're reborn whereby by the Spirit. He makes you over. He can renew you. Make you spiritually strong. Don't you know the Spirit will uh, uh, help you keep your mouth? It helps me keep my tongue. It really does help me to just... Swallow it down. Yeah, the spirit does it. It didn't. I didn't used to be, and I still ain't where I, and I and I'm still not where I need to be today. God is still working on me, but I'm better, much more better. Thereby through by the spirit. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, look what He's gonna do. He shall teach you, or He shall enlighten you. He should teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. See, if you're going to be working for Christ, you need the Holy Ghost to help you to remember some scriptures so when you witness. You need the Holy Ghost to help you rightly divide the word of truth when you witness. Huh? Because we all witnesses of his. You don't have to witness like the preacher do, like the minister do. You witness to your friends and to your uh, uh, sphere of influence. The best way you can, how you can do it, but you got to have something in you. So the Holy Ghost can pull it out and see the, the Spirit does that. And he said, He shall, well, 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 well I get tired. I get tired, you know. Mm-hmm. I get tired of how much energy, Pastor. Look, He shall give you power after the Holy Ghost come upon you, Acts 1 and 8. He's going to energize you with that dunamis power. Hey! Shake it up. Hey, shake it up. He's going to energize you and me with spiritual power so we can get out there and shake the salt. Like the pastor said, shake the salt. Shake the salt. When we come out of this corona season, when we come out of this confinement, when we come out of this, oh, let's shake some salt that's what we know how. Let's come out differently. Let's come out stronger for Christ. 
let's come out with our hands up. When the police said, freeze, come out with your hands up. Come out with our hands up. Worship and back the back up. Thank you, Lord. You set us free one more time. We come out. Hallelujah. Thank you. I'm still alive. Different. Ephesians 5.18, be filled or keep being filled with the Spirit. Why? Because every round goes higher and higher. Deeper, deeper in the love of Jesus. Daily let me go. That means you got to go higher. Be filled. Keep being filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18. That means if you got filled 10 years ago, you shouldn't be at that same level. That means if you got saved 20 years ago and you still don't have your personal Bible, that you, huh? What? But you are working for Christ? Think Think about it. Think about it. God's work must be done God's way with God's power. Whether or not we consider ourselves successful, whether or not we consider ourselves uh, popular, or whether or not our, they don't matter. As long as we're doing God's work, God's way, and using God's power, we are successful. Because our dependence is on Him. Yeah, our dependence is really on Him. He said, when you're weak, that's when you're strong. <laughs> huh? It's, it's when we think that we're big and bad, that we this and that. That's when, that's when God steps back, all right, you're bad. The Holy Spirit steps back when we, we, oh, we got this. No, that's when he steps back and we fall on our face. But when we depend on him, I don't care how many times we've done it, I don't know how many times we, 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 we went through the motions. Uh, one comedian said, I've been a comedian for over 20 years. And she said, every time, I'm standing behind that curtain and they call my name. She said, I get, I get butterflies. She said, that feeling never goes away. And as long as we are depending on Christ, we shall always get butterflies in our stomach and in our inner beings when we got to be used by him because we need his help. And whatever you do for Christ, do it on tiptoe. Huh? If you are a volunteer handing out food for Christ, do it on your tiptoes. Do it with passion. Do it with, with all of your ability. Do it from your gut. Huh? God bless you. Now the last thing he said we need is wisdom. And we want to look at how to be wise. Huh? How to be wise. What is What is really wisdom? Wisdom is... Actually, it's discretion for everyday living. To break it down even more simple. It's just discretion for everyday living or knowing how to make good decisions in life. Making good use of what we know. Now, we know the scriptures, but what good is the scriptures if we don't know how to rightly divide them? If we don't know how to, you know, just like... Just like the the the, the, the uh, course that Pastor taught on a while back about marriage, every marriage is different. 
But the good thing about it, the word of God is the same and it doesn't change. But when the word applied to my marriage, my marriage is going to come out a little, it's going to come out different from yours because we're two different people. But it's the same word. So I can't tell you exactly how to run your marriage because your household is different. You don't run your household. But I can tell you the word of God and the word of God applies to your marriage will make it come out right. That's why we don't have cookie cutter marriages because we're all different people. But in the end, God creates a wonderful bouquet of different types of marriages that, that comes out right by telling the same words. See, that's wisdom. That's discretion for everyday living. That's learning how to be wise. Just like James 1 and 5. Let's turn to James 1 and 5. James 1 and 5 tells us, huh? He said, But if any of you lacks wisdom, and that's really all of us, he said, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. See, look, God, he's going to give us wisdom when we ask him, but he's the only one we can give him. He said, he'll give it to you, because only God can give it. This is a prayer to help us see life's trials and circumstances from God's divine perspective. Tell me, if you don't have wisdom, when life hits you, right in the ribcage, sometimes life takes your feet there, clip your feet, both your feet right out of under you. Huh? And you land on your face in life. If you don't have wisdom, you will not be able to see life's trials and circumstances from God's divine perspective. But wisdom teaches us what to feel with our spirit. It teaches us what to feel with our spirit. Because, you know, our spirits can change. Just like the wind, you know. Some people, some people, you have, you can be talking to somebody, and y'all having a good conversation, and everything's uh, jolly, 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 joy, joy. And then somebody else walk in the room with a foul spirit. Before you know it, the other person they might change their spirit. That would not happen. That what was it? Right now they all picked up their spirit because our spirits can change. But wisdom will help us to know what to feel, huh? When our spirit gets to feeling funny, wisdom let us know, hey, you, something. He's feeling right. Wisdom. Now, Revel- I mean, Ephesians 1 and 17. Ephesians 1 and 17. Let's see what it says. It says, that the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, look, may give you a spirit of wisdom and a revelation in the knowledge of him. So we need to pray for revelation. If we're going to be wise, we got to have revelation. 
We must pray for revelation. This is asking God to unveil the deep things. Not the surface, but unveil the deep truths of his written word. See, we got to pray for that. You don't get revelation by just opening up the scripture and just reading it and carrying on what you read. I don't know what it is. I don't know. You got to ask God for revelation of his word. Pull back that top layer, Lord. Help me understand what it is, Lord, what you're saying here. He has to reveal it. And and it's only going to be revealed is when we pray and ask God to do it. I don't care how many courses we take, how many different uh, bishops we listen to. I don't care. God gives the revelation through wisdom. This prayer will help us to know with our head what to know with our head. The first one tells us what to feel with our spirit. This is what you know with our head. So your head is involved just as well as your spirit. The the whole tri attribute to man, body, soul, and mind is involved in serving God and learning how to live in wisdom. The next one is Ephesians 8, 1 and 18. What is that? It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know, keyword right there, so that you will know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. See, now this is a prayer for knowledge. Pray for knowledge so you will know. See, that's where the understanding comes. So we will know how to apply the, re- the revealed truth to our life. So we will know how to apply the revealed truth. Now, when God reveals it to us, now, Lord, now, 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 what do I do with this in life? You know, okay, just like you have a pack of fresh steaks or, or a pack of a fresh a fish, okay, you can't, you just can't eat that fish without, okay, do you know how to clean it? You know how to take the bones out of it, cut the tail off, cut the head off, do you know how to do that? And after you clean it, do you know how to cook it? Hey! That's what we need, God. We got the, the meat, the food, but Lord, how do I use it? How do I get it inside my body so my body can start using its nutrients and its vitamins? That's what we need with God's word. This prayer helps us to know what to do with our hand. Feel with our spirit, know in our head now what do we do with our hand. When you know something, then you're responsible to do something. It's the word of God. Well, what does wisdom look like? How do I know that I have arrived or she has arrived or we never fully arrived, but that we're getting closer to wisdom? Huh? Oh, the person is so wise. They oh, well, I don't know. Are they wise? Ah, what does wisdom look like? Okay, I'm glad you asked. James chapter 3, verse 17 tells us exactly what wisdom looks like. James 3 and 17. He says, James 3 and 17 says wisdom looks like this. But the wisdom from above is first pure. Impeaceable, gentle, reasonable, 
full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering and without hypocrisy. You ready for yourself. That's what wisdom looks like, okay? You say you wise, okay, let's go down the list. Huh? Let's look in the in the looking glass. Huh? Am, am, uh, are we as wise as we think we are? But the Holy Spirit can make us wise. If we keep going, don't stop. You got breath in your body, she's still alive. The blood running warm through your veins. Hey, you still got a chance to be wise, to become wise, and live with wisdom. Don't know no need in giving up. Well, somebody might ask, why? You know, why wisdom? Why me? Why all of this? Why all this church just wisdom? Why? Okay. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Why do we have to witness and, and give out the word and worship and praise God? Ephesians 3, verse 10. Look what it says. So that the manifold wisdom of God, manifold meaning many, buried coat. The manifold wisdom of God, look, might be, might now be made known. Look. Through who? Through the church. All of the wisdom that God has been building up for all these, for, 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 for eternity past, eternity present, and eternity future, all of his handiwork that he has been doing is just now starting to be revealed. <laughs> How is it being revealed? Through the church, through you, through me. When we live for Christ, spread his word, and let them, uh, uh, the spiritual proof come out. Look, <laughs> all of that wisdom is being unfolded. Now, read on. Who's it been unfolded to? To the rulers and to the authorities in the heavenly places. See? They're watching us. They're watching you. Who? The good angels and the demons. Look, he said, to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly places. See? They don't... They don't know what the church is really going to be like or what the church is really going to do until they look at us and see the spiritual gifts working through us. Hey, till they, till they look at the church and see us magnifying and glorifying, praising God. The angels can't sing redeemed because they haven't been redeemed. They can only look at us, worship God. Hey, who else is watching them demons are watching you too. They don't know so much as they think they know. They don't know so much as you think they know. They don't know about the church until they look at us. That's why it's important that you be a worker for Christ. That's why it's important 
that if, if we're going to, hey, if we're going to ride this horse, well, Lord, I'm not calling the gospel a horse, but if we're going to be in this band, we're going to have to be in this band. Because the church is no ragtag group of mis- misfits. The church is a mighty army marching in the power of God. And the world unseen is looking on. Ah! Oh, yes! You ready for yourself? They are watching us. That's why Solomon said in 2 Chronicles 1 and 10, he said, Lord, give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. Solomon knew that he couldn't do it. He couldn't leave all those multitudes of rebellious Israelites. No, no. He said, Lord, you give me wisdom. And you give me knowledge. He didn't ask for one piece of silver. He didn't ask for one piece of gold. He didn't ask for a raiment or a pair of shoes. He said, help me lead. And my sisters and my brothers, that's what it's going to take. If we're going to be any type of servant for Christ, we're going to need to have a good reputation. We're going to need to be full of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to need God's wisdom. Oh, T.W. Hall said it this way. Oh, for teachers among us, leaders who know how to read the heart and apply truth to the needs of the people. As a good physician reads patients and applies remedies to their ills. There are soul sicknesses, open and obscure, acute and chronic, superficial and deep-seated. That the truth in Jesus will heal. Huh? Truth in Jesus will heal all the elements of this world if we just give it to them. And in living the lesson, I close. I close with four questions so we can learn how to live the lesson. First question Why are these spiritual qualifications in such short supply today? Why are these spiritual qualifications in such short supply today? Number two, in your opinion, what is the key difference between natural leadership and spiritual leadership? Because you know there is a difference. Huh? <laughs> there's, there's as much difference between a natural leadership and a spiritual leadership as there is a difference in a frog down in that pond and the cat is a big difference. That's why people get mixed up when they try to leave the church in their flesh. Number three. What is the most significant insight about spiritual leadership that you have gained from this man? What is the most significant insight? And you should have picked up something. And I'm not, I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about the old mud on his stick that he uses, but insight from his word that you should have picked up on today to better yourself spiritually. And the last but not least, what is the difference between managing someone and leading? Father God, we bless you today. We thank you for another day of health and strength. Another day to look into your word. 
and to see how far we have strayed. And to come to that well of living water so we can drink and never thirst again. Oh God, where else can we have 10,000 instructors at our fingertips, brother? Where else can we have 10,000 leaders and encouragers at our fingertips but in thy world? Help us to bend our ears down low and listen intently with the heart to obey. We'll be ever so mindful to give you the praise, give you the glory, give you the honor. And Lord, help us to keep in mind that there are spiritual principalities and rulers, good and evil, looking upon the church every day to see what she will become. But, oh, my Father, I know that one day she will become a glorious bride and she cannot be defeated. <laughs> amen and amen. Good night.